dangling my feet. I tried to pay attention, but attention paid me. Haters can't see me, nosebleed seats. And today I went shopping and talk is still cheap. What's up and how we doing, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleed Seats podcast. This is episode number 41. I'm your host, Matt. Don't wait up, Fiori. And as always, my co-host, Liam, or the man so cool one name wasn't enough, Liam, the insider, Mufasa McCarran. Uh, today, we're going to be hitting on the Bruins, finally, uh, after they are a good chunk of the way through their shortened season thus far, off to a scorching hot start. Um, first in the deadly uh so to call Atlantic division this year um, sitting at, I think seven, one and two now um, lots of, lots of good things to be said um, will be said about this team on uh, the coming, coming minutes. Uh, and also, of course, we're going to be hitting on the Super Bowl, um being played on Sunday. It's Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, don't really need too much, um, hype going into that um i mean that 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 matchup is going to really provide all of it so um with that being said we're gonna lead off the bruins here um this team came into the season uh down the rocket richard trophy winner david pasternak and still just torch teams i mean i mean yeah a lot of overtime wins but I mean, for a team that never really um, was too too great in in those areas over the past few seasons, especially the shootout, um, it's good to see that they're um, taking that extra point and uh, beating teams in the in the three on three overtime. So um, I mean, yeah, I, I've pretty much said it. This team is scorching hot. Um, so I mean, I want to get it over to Liam here. So. He can kind of have his uh, first takes and thoughts on the bees. Um, I mean, you summed it up perfectly. The Bruins are just buzzing. Like, what is it? We've won like six in a row now, seven yep. in a row. Yep. yep. I mean, first things first. David Pasternak is fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> he is his third goal last night was maybe one of the cleanest goals I've ever seen. What the puck intentionally bounce on the ice, go up and he hit in midair. It was pasta's unbelievable. But um I mean yeah, this was a team coming into the season. We had a ton of questions. I mean my big worry was we lost Char and Krug. So our first line left defender and our second line left defender or right defender if I'm getting them mixed up. Mm-hmm. But basically we lose a defender on each of our top two lines. And thinking like okay there's there's holes there rask towards the end of the season was looking shaky but i mean tukaras fan club still going strong <laughs> and then we come into the year without pasta so i was basically like if we can get to like 500 before pasta comes back we're gonna be fine i mean the bruins are just buzzing both halak and rask have been playing phenomenal our power play is better than is better without tory krug shockingly I mean, the Bruins are just – and our penalty kill is the second-best penalty kill in the NHL. I mean, we're killing it on every aspect of the game, both like shorthanded, power play, five-on-five. Five. Uh, it's just the Bruins are doing unbelievable right now. Sorry about that little rant. They're just no. 
really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, you. I want to elaborate a little bit more on the the defensive side of this team. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the whole narrative going into the season of how would the Bruins perform without two of their critical critical guys. I mean, one being uh, your captain for the past decade and a half, and obviously Tory Krug, a, a tremendous tremendous offensive offensive defenseman who like you said, provides so much on the power play. But, I mean, the the, the two guys I, I'm really, really stoked about um, to start the season is Jeremy Lozon and uh, Jakob Zaboro. Um, those are the two guys that have stepped in, um, have taken over um, what looks to be uh, Chara and Krug's role, so to speak. Obviously, not to the exact, but, um, yeah, they've come in and performed – very, very admirably. I mean, Zaboro being a um, first-round pick uh, maybe like four or five years ago. I can't really tell you the exact draft. Um, he's kind of a late bloomer. And I read up on his uh, scouting report the other day, and I read upon, like, everything the, like, insiders and all, like, the draft analysis were saying about this guy. And they actually predicted that this kid would be a late bloomer. They said he would need some work in the minors and to develop his game and stuff like that. And, I mean, that's exactly what he's done. He's come in and, yeah, not a top three or four guy, but, I mean, I'll take what I can get. Uh, it's his rookie year, and he is performing decent. He had a kind of a rough, rough, roughish game last night versus the uh, Flyers, but Jeremy Lozon, saw a little bit of him over – spurts of last season i want to say um definitely yeah yeah he did, he wasn't here two years ago it, he, he made his uh rookie debut last year and i mean he was so so but this year he's really taken a leap uh he made a great great pass the other night um to craig smith um so that was huge just seeing him work the puck deep and get a pass off like that it was like a no look pass um against the capitals it was like the, the made it three two in that one. Um, I'm the, really liking Smith. Yeah, he's been playing good. He's like seems to just be involved in every play when he's on the ice. Yeah, I mean they have they've really shuffled him um, up a lot. Uh, saw him on the third line with Coyle, now on the second line with Krejci. But I think he, I think when he came here, they gave him a pretty definitive role, and that was shoot the puck. This was a guy that. Um, sorry, I keep rambling about these players, but. Um, Smith was a 20 goal scorer for multiple, multiple years in Nashville. I mean, he's 32 years old. He's a proven goal scorer in this league and a very underrated one at that Uh, playing for a small market. Never really hear too much about predators team comes here inks for three years. And they really just said, you need to come in here and provide scoring for our uh, depth lines because that's been kind of a problem for this team throughout the past couple seasons is um, the, the first line obviously is going to get you um, so many, so many points. But after that, it's kind of been a drop off in terms of um, guys playing next to Krejci and Coyle. So uh, I'm very pleased. Like you said, I'm very happy about him. Uh, he seems to be uh, fitting in like very, very nicely. So um, another thing I want to talk about with this team is Obviously, the the division, I kind of hit on it before, the division that they're playing in. I mean, uh, the the Montreal Canadiens are having a hell of a start to the season, but 
Um, a lot of people are kind of knocking them that this could be a thing as to their division. That Canada division does have some weak teams in it, but the Bruins playing in a pretty lethal, pretty pretty dang lethal um, Atlantic or East division. Um, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, you, you go down it. I mean, there's obviously the Flyers, um, the Caps, the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins are a fourth-place team in this division, and it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that employs so many great players. I mean, Crosby, Latang, Malkin. It's nuts. And then there's um, teams on the bottom line and that are still pretty solid, in my opinion. The New Jersey Devils played us very hard in the beginning of the year. The Sabres. Uh, I still think they could be a problem in this division. Um, they have a lot of uh, scoring depth in terms of Eichel, Taylor Hall. And then the Islanders and Rangers top it out the bottom. And for, for, for last and second to last place teams being the Islanders and Rangers, it says a lot about this division. So um, moral of the story here is that I'm giving the Bruins a lot of credit in terms of 7-1-2 and two against this, this kind of competition. Oh, no. Yeah, I said before the season we got screwed with the division alignment. I mean, it obviously makes sense for COVID reasons, but I mean, this division stacked. Philly's nasty, Washington's nasty, Pittsburgh's nasty, Buffalo's first line's nasty, Islanders are nasty. I think the only two teams that I would consider like not great are the Rangers and uh, Devils, but the Rangers always seem to be frisky even when they're bad. Yep. I mean, the Canadian division is pretty weak. Um, There's only seven teams compared to the normal eight, so that means they get to play the Senators more times. Mm -hmm. Um, The Senators are by far the worst team in the National Hockey League. So, I mean, it just really is credit to the Bruins for really just – we like going into this, it's – we knew because the top four teams advanced to the playoffs from each division. We knew – it's going to be hard. It's going to be a dogfight for those four spots. It's not going to be like given easily because mm-hmm. I mean, look at the division. So getting off to this hot start, being in first right now, having a game up on Philly, it's, I mean, it's huge. And having pasta just literally be as red hot as he was when the season ended comes right in here. No problem. I think it's, I think it's setting up perfect for the Bruins. It's, it's, I- it's crazy, man. It's nuts. for a better start. Yeah. I mean, David Pasternak, three games. He is now just behind uh, Bergeron, Marshawn, Nick Ritchie, surprisingly, Charlie McAvoy, and David Krejci. Those are the only players he trails in points through three games. All those other guys have played in all ten games. Um, I mean, like you said, this guy is just uh, such a superior talent. And the thing I, I – thought was most interesting with all of this in terms of Pasternak is there was a report saying or he came out and said actually that he was playing at around 80 percent he was kind of like guessing at it or saying guessing his body he's playing around 80 percent the last couple of years before he got this hip surgery so I mean if 80 percent gets you a rocket recharge blah rocket recharge trophy um <laughs> I'm now seeing what the the 100 percent David Pasternak entails i mean crazy ridiculous he numbers 50 in this shortened season yeah nuts also to speaking of nuts Connor mcdavid is really fucking good i'm just looking at the stats he already has 24 points <laughs> they've only played like 10 games 
It's crazy, dude. Him and Dreisaitl. That's that's literally all that team. Like, it, it kind of sucks because. 12 games, 24 points. He averages two points a game. You have such two deadly talents like those guys. Probably the two, I would say, the two best offensive talents in the league at this at this point, just given their age and stuff like that. And playing together just boosts up their stock so much. But the rest of that Oilers roster, it's pretty bad. And, I mean, f- you just said those statistics for McDavid. And uh, I don't know what dry cycle is, but he's 22 yeah, points. not far behind. Exactly. Um, that's a six and 16. So that kind of gives you a, gives you an idea of what that uh, whole rest of the group looks like. I mean, I'm just not, I don't get it. It's kind of like the Mike Trout treatment in a, in for the angels. I mean, just such a great player, but has never, never been in the playoffs or far into the playoffs at all. Yeah, I just don't get it. But the Bruins, man, I mean, and one more thing on these on these guys, uh, all these overtime games that they're going to, people are like saying like, oh, like they can't finish out games, like they they're very streaky, all this stuff. Like go to overtime. I I like I like it because you're guaranteed a point, and even if you lose, you're losing some of these overtime games. I'm taking any singular point I can get in this division. I know we keep a lot or emphasizing it, but. There are going to be a couple very good teams that don't make this, don't make the playoffs from this division. Maybe the Penguins don't make the playoffs. Maybe the Flyers don't make the play. It could very well happen. I mean, so any point I can get, I'm taking it. So I'm I'm not knocking this team at all for uh, all these overtime games that they play in. Yeah, no, God, no. I'm not yeah. knocking anything. If anything, that shows that we are like, because that's always like the issue is. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's those are going to be the points that separate the like playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who got the extra point in the overtime games? And right now, we have one overtime loss in what, like three or four wins. So right there, we'd be down three or four points than we already were mm-hmm. if we lost in overtime. So, I mean, the boys are buzzing. There's no two ways of looking at it. The yeah, Bruins so, are fucking good. Uh, I'm so. It, it makes me so happy. Of course, I fell asleep during the second intermission last night and slept through the whole third period in overtime. So that's big tough, but um, crazy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, to, I mean, when Pasternak came back in, um, they lost that first game versus Washington. Everyone was saying, oh, this, this team is playing so much better without them. Like, well, I mean, let's look at it now, two games later. It's crazy, um, but we're definitely going to be um, hitting on these guys a lot more um, throughout the season, um, but we really want to get to what uh, most of you want to hear, and that is Super Bowl Sunday coming up. It is the Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, we talked last, hit on the NFC-AFC championships, um, two what looked to be great games. We got one, one great game and the other, not so much. Um, that being the Bucks and Packers having a classic of a game. Um, the Bucks put together a great first half. Brady was literally perfect um, through one half of football. And then the second half kind of imploded a little bit, but he was able to um, pick himself up and get the win over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we all kind of suspected this. 
Um, any, I couldn't see a scenario where the Bucks blew out the Packers and Lambeau Field in, in that kind of um, environment being the NFC Championship. But we got what we wanted. Two great historic Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Um, ben compared their whole careers, and Tom Brady gets the edge. So um, Brady now beating Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and now is on his way to potentially beating another Hall of Fame quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, in the Super Bowl. Um, so with all that, I want to throw it over to you. Um, what's your thoughts, initial thoughts on Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, we got we got the game we all wanted. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which, which is pretty good. Um, granted, Chiefs Packers probably would have been a good one, but it really just confirms my – Aaron Rodgers isn't like a top five quarterback of all time take. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good game. I'm taking the Bucks, um, just because, you know, you never win with Benton against Brady. Never. Uh, historically. Um, so I'm going to pick the Bucks in this one. If they are going to win, though, Brady needs to – Brady really needs to limit the interceptions because – the interceptions he had in the championship game against the Packers, like, gave the Packers at least a slim chance of coming back into the game. Where if he doesn't throw those picks, the Bucks easily can run away with it. So, I think uh, I think the Bucks need to just be a little more cautious throwing the ball. And I think the big story is that the Chiefs are without uh, Fisher or Fisker. Yeah, I yeah, Fisher. Their offensive lineman. Yep. Who was a former number one overall pick, which is crazy Mm -hmm. but uh they're without him and so that's a huge hole and i mean the bucks defense on one side of the edge on one each side coming off the edge is shaq barrett who led the league in sacks last year and jason pierre paul who is still one of the best um defensive linemen in the league not like one of them but he's a great defensive lineman and they got an indomitian sue to plug up the middle so it's Really, like, it's just a perfect storm to try to get pressure on Mahomes. I think they need to limit what Mahomes can do with his feet. Keep him inside the pocket. Don't let him scramble. Don't let him run around. And then just make him beat you with your arm. And, you know, just really make sure you put the safety up top for Hill. I don't want to discredit the Chiefs at all, but this is by far the the worst defense the Bucks have played throughout this uh, oh, big time. NFL playoffs. Uh, the Washington football team, very, very good defense, underrated defense. Um, the Saints, obviously, very good defense. Packers, decent defense, but by by all by all means, far superior than what the Chiefs have. I mean, yeah, they have a couple household names um, being Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, uh, guys like that. But around everywhere else on that D, it's it's kind of bad. I mean, it's kind of what you get for having to pay all those um, superstar talents on offense kind of limits you and your spending um, for the other side of the ball. And another thing with the Chiefs is, like you said, their O-line is extremely banged up. Extremely. And that's something that has wildly flown under the radar. I looked at it. Um, their left tackle, Fisher, obviously, is out for this one. Liam just said it. Um, their left guard, Kelechi Osemele, Torres, uh, Achilles, or ACL, I forget just which one it was earlier on the year. Uh, they they do have their starting center. Their starting right guard opted out due to COVID, and their right tackle, Mitchell Swartz, 
will be out as well. He's on injured reserve. Uh, I don't know what the injury was, but this is a banged up, extremely banged up offensive line. And um, credit to Liam for just saying it. Shaq Barrett, JPP, Devin White, Levante David, Ndamkinsu, Vita Vea. I mean, there's just too many household names. Like there is going to be so much pressure applied to Pat Mahomes during this game. And I'm not saying Mahomes can't handle that because he is Patrick Mahomes. He's the one quarterback that I'd want in this situation, just in terms of um, improvising, stuff like that, just making plays out of nothing. Um, but they're going to have to work for this one. Chiefs are definitely going to have to work for this one. The Bucks are a by far um, more well-rounded roster. Um, obviously, Brady, I mean, he just brings that factor, that just winning mentality. Um, every guy just kind of dials in a whole new whole new scheme in terms of what they want and how they want to prepare for games. Call me crazy, but Tom Brady is, is just like an aura to, to so many guys. So, I mean, I Liam said – I'm gonna agree with them. I like the Bucks. I also I also like the Bucks in this one. Um, I got I had their Super Bowl odds when the when the playoffs started, so I'll be rooting heavily on them because that line is a lot greater than huh, their money line odds, obviously. But um, I mean, it's nuts. Uh, I don't want to keep rambling, but I do want to just talk about this guy's legacy. This is ring number seven. This surpasses all 32 NFL franchises. Um, in if he wins, yeah, if he wins, obviously, I'm I'm t- I'm talking hypotheticals here. This surpasses all 32 teams uh, that have been around for uh, just just about a century. Um, if you read my blog on this guy, uh, I'm just gonna reiterate what I said in there. He surpasses Michael Jordan. Um, I heard he surpassed Gretzky, the greatest in hockey, could surpass the greatest in basketball. I mean, it's nuts. This is this it's kind of it's unbelievable. And when I say that, like you use that term a lot, it's mind blowing. It it is truly mind blowing how much this guy has won in twenty years of football, ten Super Bowls, potentially seven rings, seven out of ten. That is unfathomable. I'll throw it over to you. I mean, it's there's not much else to be said about him. I mean, it's at this point, it's just if if anyone's still arguing that he isn't the greatest quarterback of all time, they're an idiot. Tom Brady is by far the greatest quarterback that has ever played the game of football. He might not be the most talented, but at the end of the day, talent can only bring you so far. It's what you do with what you got, how you do with it's a team game. It's everything like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys can do things Tom Brady can't. But the thing that he does better than anyone else and why he's the greatest quarterback of all time is he wins. He's a winner. It's in his DNA, no matter if it's here in Tampa Bay. Ten Super Bowl appearances is fucking absurd. That like That's even absurd for franchises. I think that's the second – I think that's – him alone has like the third most Super Bowl appearances compared to franchises. I think the Steelers and the Patriots have them, but it's it is absurd. Every time you look at like each number he puts, every just every year he gets better and better and better. I I just there's not much to be said about him other than like he just is the goat. You can break his career in half. You can break his career into thirds. 
and he has three Hall of Fame careers. He is yep. the greatest quarterback of all time. He is the best. He, I've he, there. It's going to be very hard for him to be unmantled. And I right now think he is, as far as sports goes, he's the greatest. He's better than Michael Jordan. He's better than Wayne Gretzky. He's better than freaking. I don't even know who baseball is considered the greatest Babe Ruth. I don't know. <laughs> he's he is the greatest person to ever play this sport, and he is the greatest person to he is the most dominant person in his individual sport. Comparing him to other sports, he is the greatest to have ever done anything. He's the man. To, no God. To to kind of shift focus here, I don't want to really take too much away from this game, but. Um, I do want to talk about um, the, the questions he's been asked in interviews uh, over the course of the last couple of days, just in terms of his time in New England. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, around here, uh, just just the whole Belichick him Belichick and Brady thing. And it, it's a it's a pot stir for sure. Um, there's like just so much guesses and takes on on all of it. And it, it's it's clear. I don't want to. I don't want to do any of that on this, but uh, it's clear that there was a, a division that kind of created between the two. Uh, I mean, I'll kind of take one guess at it is in that, and that's, it, it kind of, it was over a course of years. It wasn't just um, his final year coming to new England, no weapons, stuff like that. Uh, I mean, Belichick is a bill. Belichick is bill Belichick. I mean, he's a great coach obviously the greatest coach of all time. Um, but I mean, this, there's now been this whole thing of even ex Patriots, Danny Amendola coming on, on shows and saying the Patriots way was Tom Brady. It wasn't, it wasn't Bill Belichick. And um, as a Patriots fan, and I'm not being biased by any means here. Uh, I'm just going to state first that I strongly disagree with that. Um, I don't think you can just take away um, everything Bill Belichick accomplished with Tom Brady just because of of one season in Tampa Bay where Tom Brady goes to the Super Bowl. Um, it, it's kind of nuts how people how fast people have kind of turned the, the tables just because of one season. Um, and before before uh, before you get your or give your takes on it. I heard something. I forget where I heard it, and I think it most accurately described um, this whole this whole thing. What if you put Bill Belichick in Tampa Bay with, let's just say, Jameis Winston, with that loaded roster and Jameis Winston, and you left Tom Brady here in New England with Bruce Arians as his head coach? Um, I can't guarantee you that the Bucks would be in the Super Bowl right now, but I will say this. The Bucks record would most likely look this almost the same to eleven and five. They would have made the playoffs. Who knows how far they could have gone? And as for Brady and Arians in New England with the the roster that we have, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, look at look at last season, Brady's last year in in New England. Just very very average team, very average year out of Brady, uh, and a first round playoff exit. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I've, I've kind of looked at it. I'm not taking anything away here out of Brady because he has transformed the Bucks into a totally different monster. But 
their roster is very, very good. And I don't want to give Brady sole credit to what the Bucks have done this year. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, the, that team was loaded. There's a reason why he went there. It's because he has the – it's the place where he could succeed. Like, he just mm-hmm. went to – I mean – You I can't blame him either. I would do it if I was a free agent. Yeah. yeah. At if 43 went, years old? That's what Peyton Manning did when he yeah. was a free Exactly. He basically, was like my best place to win is Denver. Brady said his best place to win is Tampa Bay, and I mean it proved he has weapons around him. The offensive line solidly built around him. That rookie offensive lineman they have is a stud. I forget his name. Trishan Worse. Yes, Worse. He is nasty. But um, yeah, I just think I think Brady picked a great location, picked a great team that just has weapons for him to use. And that's that's about it. I mean, I don't think Arians is to credit for all of this. I think it's mostly goes to Brady because if you look at this team last year under Jameis Winston, with still Arians' offense, they went seven and nine. Yep. Brady comes in and immediately turns them around. They've only lost five games. They win. They win three straight road playoff games. I don't care how bad the football team was. Going on the road and winning in the playoffs is hard to do, let alone doing it three times. Yeah. And miraculously, they're playing at home but um, for the Super Bowl. But I, I don't know. I think it's – I think if you, if you switch them, Brady's here with Arians and Bill's down there with all the weapons that they have, I, I think the Bucks are still better than the Patriots. I just think – I think without Bill Belichick, the Patriots would have been a lot worse this year than if they had Bruce Arians as the head coach. So I don't know. I think I, I don't know why all Super Bowl week they're comparing Brady and Bill. I mean, it's apples and oranges at this point, even though the debate's going to go on forever. One of them was a coach. One of them was a quarterback and they both wouldn't have had success without the other. You're right. Um, to now go back towards the game a little bit more. Um, these two teams met in the regular season. Uh, the Chiefs won that won that matchup. It was in Tampa Bay as well. Uh, they won by three points. But I mean, the the most uh, notable thing that happened during that game was Tyree Kill. Uh, he oh. absolutely destroyed the the Bucks secondary, and a lot of people. I'm gonna refer to the the Boston media again, Boston radio. I'm a big Felger and Maz listener, so. Uh, they were talking heavily on this subject uh, for the past couple of days. If I were if I were Tom Brady, I'm getting I'm getting in that that uh, coaching room with with Arians and Todd Bowles being their defensive coordinator, and I'm going and I'm putting on Patriots film tape uh, from the last couple times they play the Chiefs. Uh, the Patriots have notoriously um, been the one team that's kind of handled Kelsey and Hill just in terms of how they play, their schemes, uh, their zones and stuff like that. Uh, there's there's plays you can find on Twitter of the Patriots just blowing up Travis Kelsey uh, off the line of scrimmage. I mean, uh, Kelsey makes his break, and he gets bumped by one guy, and then the next guy just destroys him, just a, a full-on pancake. And I think that's how you got to play this team. you got to play him physical, got to play him close to the line, yeah, maybe you're going to take some penalties, but I mean, I would definitely take a 10, 15 yard penalty over a potential 
60-yard bomb touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Um, so uh, if I'm the Bucks, like I said, like I said before, I'm looking at Patriots film here because the this is the one team that's been able to handle those two guys. Deadly, deadly weapons. Maybe I'd like to call Tyreek Hill the the deadliest weapon we've seen since Randy Moss. Um, I would say he's probably the deadliest weapon since uh, Megatron. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Forgot about him. We're just that's just putting hairs, but yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the game, the log from the regular season matchup between these two teams. Hill's touchdowns, he had three of them, seventy five yards on like the first play of the drive, forty five yard pass, twenty yard pass, so. It's clear that the touchdowns that they're letting up to him are like, obviously like it's safety mistakes. So what they need to do is just focus on him, keep him intact. Uh, it's easier said than done, but I agree with what you're saying. Just beat the living shit out of him. Make him not want it because, I mean, with all these like new players and like just go old school, just kick the shit out of him and then – like he's gonna it's gonna slow him down if he's banged up he's not gonna be the fastest player on the field anymore hit him hard make every hit you get on him count and i'd do the same thing with kelsey i mean travis kelsey is lucky that gronk was in the league for so long and no one really focused on him as like oh wow he's this big hard guy to take down because everyone compared him to gronk treat him like rob gronkowski hit him do the like should be illegal hits to him. <laughs> cut out his cut out his knees, hit him hard, take him down like other teams took down Gronk. I mean, make these guys earn every yard they have. Beat the living shit out of them. I mean, and also in this game, Brady like brought the Bucks back into the game. Like yeah. Started off first quarter down 17 nothing. He brought it and that was 20 to 7 at half and then it ended 27-24. So I mean, if Brady threw two picks in that game, too. So, if he doesn't throw those picks, maybe the Bucs win. But, I mean, look, it, it goes for the, th- the three of them. Both Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes. When you get a chance to hit them, hit them hard. Make them, make them feel it. Make them earn it. And then we'll see how hard – we'll see how good they are when, you know, they're coughing up blood. Jeez, that was a little too far. But <laughs> – <laughs> Battle to the death, but uh, you just kind of you just elaborate. Lines full of goons, just beat them up. Yeah, <laughs> even Dominican Sue, he's the dirtiest player in the NFL. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, you just kind of elaborated on on how the Bucks uh, can pretty much beat the Chiefs. So now I'm going to ask you, what do the Chiefs have to do to to beat this Bucks team in the Super Bowl? Um. I'm going to say it, and it's going to be maybe maybe preceded uh, negatively, but I think they need to play conservatively. Um, I wouldn't risk those deep balls up to Hill because I think that's what the Bucks are expecting. I would do I would do what Brady does to teams right back at him. I would just do little dump-offs. Uh, you have a mobile quarterback mixing some read options. Edwards, Hilaire, and Bell are both going to play. Um you know, and I would just try to keep it within throws no more than 20 yards down the field and just slowly chip away at this defense and then control the clock, you control the game, and I think that's how the Chiefs are going to win. And then, I mean, every single play, Hill is a deep ball threat. 
And so that's what they're focused on with him. Just go to him close up. They're not expecting like him to do a quick slant like every time. They think he's going to go for the deep ball because he's the fastest player in NFL history. I just – I think – I mean, the Chiefs are favorited, as they should be. Um, but I, I just really like the Bucks. I think the Bucks have the guy. And I don't know if Mahomes is the guy yet, if he's – He's getting close to that guy territory, yeah. But Brady's that guy. As much as much as the rambling of me saying that guy three, <laughs> Brady's Brady's a dog. It's just that simple. Tom Brady. He's been here before. He's been here ten times to be exact. <laughs> like yeah. I'm a. Yeah. I also was hearing on the radio today people chirping Brady for being uh, six and three in the Super Bowl is like. What do you want him to do? Lose earlier in the playoffs? I, like, mean, I I hate I hate the finals record debate. Like for like the Jordan and LeBron debate. Like yeah, Jordan's six and six. Like yeah, LeBron went to like eight finals. What the hell do you like? Do you want him to lose in the first round, and then when he goes on a deep run, like oh like like the freaking Cavs teams where they lost to the Warriors. Like what do you want him to be like? Okay, I'm gonna lose in the conference finals so that uh this blemish doesn't go on my record no fucking it's finals appearances it's super bowl appearances he has 10 he's been to 20 percent of the super bowl <laughs> plus i mean there. it's just two different sports it's like it's like but i, I kind of hate those th- debates because in a sport like basketball the lebrons and michael jordans of the world can be in control of the game 100% of the time given yeah they go to the bench for rest but when they're in the game they control that in in the sport of football I mean Tom Brady uh, theoretically gets 50% of of the chance I mean just because of the whole offense defense thing he controls 50% of the game so I mean I, I don't really like that and plus I still think six and three is a crazy good record just given the nature and what has always been the Super Bowl six and three, that's a damn good record. And I mean, the losses too, just so close losses, uh, all three of them. So um, even if he was six and like six and six, like he was five hundred in the Super Bowl, that's still Going good. To that many Super Bowls is absurd, whether you win them or lose them. Yeah, like it's just it, it is flat out absurd. And Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have only been to one. Nuts, crazy, but but whatever. So what I'm gonna real quick, go uh, pull up. I want to talk prop bets in a, in a few minutes. Uh, so, I got some props. Okay, so so I have pulled up a quickly um, from what we were talking about before. I really I was gonna say the same exact thing uh, in terms of what the Chiefs need to do in this one. Um, Tom Brady has been well known to be a clock manager. He's gonna control uh, that time of possession. He's gonna make sure um, that your offense sees as little of the field as possible yeah, in terms of time. So um, I really think the Chiefs do need to be a little bit more conservative. They're obviously going to run their big plays here and there. It's kind of what they rely on um, just because of the the God-given speed of Tyree Kill and Travis, Travis Kelsey's ability to route run in terms of stuff like that, being a tight end. Um, the, the Chiefs need to really worry about running the ball um, chew up some clock. Um, just 
kind of fight back at what Tom Brady's going to do because we all know it. I mean, Tom Brady is just as much of a coach as he is a quarterback, and he knows what he has to do. He's been in plenty of games like this where he's facing uh, a crazy good offense in in big games, in Super Bowls. So full-on, full-on, 100% agree. The Chiefs need to work on the time of possession because the time of possession is usually that X-factor stat that flies under the radar in terms of who wins games. So um, we'll see. Could be wrong. The Chiefs could come out and just – high fly and all that stuff and still make it a good game and win who knows but um i just think it's a different beast against tom brady i mean this is not jimmy jimmy garoppolo and the san francisco 49ers i'll say i'll tell you that much um, this is a different beast that they're playing so um yeah that's what i think the chiefs need to do so lastly the last thing i want to talk about kind of getting into our bets but kind of want to spend a little couple extra minutes on it just because it's so fun. Um, Super Bowl is obviously well well known for the betting world. Um, so many props in this one um, that you can bet on. So um, what do you got for the coin toss? <laughs> I got tails. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, the odds on tails are good at uh, minus 103. <laughs> um, um Yo, that's, can we? Can that's we? All, that's all I got. Can we just like disagree like on a bunch of these and then just like tweet them out and see who wins? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. All right, um, I'll take I heads. Weird, I had some weird ones. You might not. <laughs> all right, go ahead, say something. Uh, my next prop bet. Uh, this isn't really a funny prop bet, but it's more of an actual prop. Uh, will Tom Brady throw a fourth quarter touchdown? Fuck yeah, he will. Yes, yeah. Plus 105. Um, God, will there be a fake punt or field goal attempted? Yes, there will be. Wow. I think the Bucks are going to run something, something weird. Um, any punt inside the five-yard line? Yes. Punters win Super Bowls. Whenever punter pins the other team inside the five is winning the game. Those are good odds on the last two. <laughs> Yeah. Pot inside the five is plus 550. Wow. That is very good odds. Jeez. Um, thing that can very well happen on any punt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the couple I like here that I'm looking at. Uh, which one do I like? Oh, yeah, yeah, right here. It says, will, will the jersey number of the player to score first? First, be over or under 17 and a half? And I like the under on that one. Ooh, I love the over. The over? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm not really – I didn't really think of running backs, but I'm going to take the under. I'm saying Edward, it's going to be one of those receivers. Edward Hilaire and Bell are both – wait, what is it? Over 17 or 27? Yeah, yeah. 17. They're both – both the Chiefs running backs are over – 17 and so is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But so I don't know. And Rob Gronkowski. Pretty 50 50 because Mahomes, Mahomes is under 17. Yeah. Mahomes could run one in. Godwin, Evans, God, yep. Hill. I, Evans is 13. What was I thinking? Yeah. Hill. I'm going to take the under on that and you're going to take the over. Correct. Love the over. 
I think my boy Edward Solaire is going to rush the first one in. Word. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, just might. Clyde Edwards' first touchdown. Um, next one I like is, will there be a score in the first five minutes and 30 seconds of the game? I'm going to say, it depends, dude. It depends who gets the ball. I know my answer. I'm saying no. I'm going to say the Bucks get the ball first and punt because they've punted on all of their first possessions in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I was I was going to say no, but I'll go right. yeah. I will, I'll like a I like a nice little early score for Brady. All right, word. Um which team will commit the first penalty? First accepted penalty that is. Oh, easy. You want it? I'm going to say I don't know. It's, it's so Bucks. The Bucks. It's the Bucks. All right, I'll take the Chiefs. They have a ton of goons. They're gonna get a stupid call or like something. <laughs> yeah, like... you're right. I didn't think of that. Uh, like rip uh, Hill's head clean off his body. Get thrown out of the game. Um. All right. And the next one, I completely forgot to say this one first, but will the national anthem be less or over under two minutes? Under. I'm going over. It's um, it's what's his name saying it right? Um, Eric Church and Jasmine Eric, Sullivan. Yeah, Eric Church. Eric Church is gonna rip through that thing. He doesn't want any. He's just gonna leave. I'm gonna take the over, like over two minutes. Um, another one is: Will the weekend be wearing sunglasses when he's first shown during the halftime show? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. A <laughs> There's no way he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now for a couple, I want to get into the, the actual like player player props. Um, Patrick Mahomes over under three thirty yards. Over. Yeah. Tom Brady yeah. over under three hundred. Over. I also like the I over. I think they're both gonna they're both gonna kill it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. As much as I say eat up the clock and time possession, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, Tyree Kill receiving yards, 90.5 over under. I'm going to say over. Yeah, over. If I'm picking Mahomes to throw for over 330, like he's going to get over 100. Another interesting one I like, Rob Gronkowski yards, 28.5 over under. Under. I like the over. I think he's going to catch – I think he's going to catch one of those seam balls for 30-plus yards. I, I did love the play, very random play that I just had seared into my memory from the backer game. The, like, little they, screen play? It was dump-off screen play was an unbelievably smart play. Yeah. That was like drawn up. Like uh, the Packers had no clue Gronkowski was even like a receiver. That play was ran perfectly. I'm sorry, I was just yeah. thinking about that play. <laughs> Couple more. Um, Tom Brady over under one rushing yard. Over. I'll take the under on it. I'll, I'll bank on. You don't even think he's gonna run. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's it. Oh, what this stat is basically saying is, will Tom Brady have a QB sneak? Yeah, but you know, you know what's going to happen. 
is he's going to – I think he's going to do like a little run out for like five yards, but then he's going to kneel the ball three times to end the game. And he's going to end up with zero. Oh, I forgot about that. And the kneels. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the I'll take the under on the one rushing yard. I'll bank that he does not have a rushing attempt. Uh, maybe kneels too, which would be perfect. But um, which team will score first in this one? Um, I like well mainly because I'm picking them, but I like the Bucks to score first, just because I think if they are going to beat the Chiefs, which I think they will, um, I think they need to get on the board early and. Uh, if they're on the board early, then they're going to just control the game from there. So I like the, uh, I like the, uh, I like the, um, the Bucks to score first. I don't know why I was struggling saying that. <laughs> Which team will score last, the Bucks or Chiefs? Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think uh, Brady's going to be up 10. Mahomes scores one, and then Brady runs out the clock. My final prediction is, I, I said it last night, I think I got 28-24 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, perfect. We'll just kind of wrap it up with that. Um, I like, for my game prediction, I'm going to say 37-33 bucks. I like it. Book it. It's going to be a lot of points scored. Again, I know I – I know what I said earlier in terms of time possession, but we all know some of these um, great matchup quarterback Super Bowls can kind of get rowdy just in the second half alone. So there's going to be lots of points scored. Um, It is the Chiefs, but I like Brady, man. I like Brady. I like Brady over Mahomes, uh, no matter how many points Mahomes drops. And I do think Brady – I do think Brady's going to get help from his defense too. Just maybe not a pick sit or a, a touchdown out of their defense, but maybe like a, a fumble that gets them great field position that'll help Brady out. So um, Brady also has the edge there in terms of that. Um, so with all that, I think we kind of hit it on everything. Kind of got our picks out of the way, right? Yep. Talk Super Bowl, talk Bruins, sitting at 50 minutes. So I think that's pretty Wait, much good, did, right? Did I announce on here? I gave out my punter of the year award. Your punter of the year? Yeah. I I no. it's an annual thing that I just started. <laughs> this year. I, at the end of the season I review every punter and I select who has performed the best out of the punters in the NFL. And do, do I need a drum roll for this? Uh just imagine there's a drum roll. Theoretically. <laughs> The winner of the McCarran Punter of the Year Award is Jake Bailey. Bailey, this is unbiased too. Bailey did not have a ton of punts. He was in the he was in the lower half of starting punters uh, when it comes to punts. He only punted fifty five times. He averaged forty eight point seven yards per punt. Um, That's in the top uh, five in the league for average. He was in the top. He is second in the league with 31 with pins inside the 20. And he's in the lower half of the league with touchbacks as he only had five on the year. And yeah, 
I think he performed admirably, and he is my punter of the year based on the stats that I look at. Because, you know, not everyone gets to punt. You don't get a ton of punts. Not everyone's, you know, Brandon Mann, the Jets punter, who punted 82 times. <laughs> so, I mean, Brandon, he punted 82 times, and he barely <laughs> left the league in punt yards. I mean, come on. But... Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of punters listening right now are smiling. Yeah, that you just did I, all that research. I think it was very unbiased my awarding it to Bailey. <laughs> I thought he he was the best punter in the league. Not a lot of fair catches either. He he like puts them puts them in, and you know sets up the offense perfectly. <laughs> I I can't wait to. I can't wait to type out the the description for this podcast. It's going to say mm-hmm. Bruins talk. Super Bowl 55, Brady versus Mahomes. McCarron. The 2020 Punter of the Year Award. The 2021 McCarron Punter of the Year Award. Yep. <laughs> oh, shit. So, um... <laughs> yeah, congratulations to uh, Jake Bailey. Yeah. Jake, Jake Bailey, Baker. the Nosebeat Seas podcast, McCarron Punter Award winner. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we hope you enjoy the game this Sunday. We're definitely going to be back um, next week or the week after whenever um, school started again. So it's kind of time is a little uh, more crunch now. But we're definitely going to be talking thoughts in the game. Um, should be an awesome one, like we said. So, um, yeah. Dude, Tottenham fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm a fan of this. <laughs> <laughs> I love them.